G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. This podcast is made available by Vision Christian Media, thanks to the generosity of our supporters. Your donation today means great podcasts like this remain available to help people look to God daily. Please make your donation to Visionathon today at vision.org.au. Express your praise to God openly and loudly. Shout to the Lord. Raised voices usually reflect passion and enthusiasm. Today, Pastor Greg Laurie urges us to reflect that sentiment to God. We rarely shout to the Lord, or we'll shout at our team, or we'll shout at the television set, or we'll shout at each other. But how often do we shout to the Lord with a voice of triumph? Verbalize your praise to God. This is the day when the lost are found. curious things about American culture, but one of the really great ones is what they're doing today. It's their Thanksgiving holiday. It was first declared a fixed national holiday by Abraham Lincoln. It's interesting that six years later, football became a permanent part of the holiday. Today, in many homes in the States, there's a turkey in the oven, a football game on the TV, and a lot of expectations surrounding both. On A New Beginning, Pastor Greg Laurie helps us to recognise the importance of expressing gratitude to God. Now, what the Bible says about Thanksgiving, I'm going to be reading from Psalm 100. And it's identified actually as a psalm of Thanksgiving. So read along with me. Shout with joy to the Lord, all the earth. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before Him singing with joy. Acknowledge that the Lord is God. He made us and we are His. We are His people, the sheep of His pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and go into his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name for the Lord is good. His unfailing love continues forever and his faithfulness continues to each generation. Powerful Psalm. There's a lot there. Psalm 100 was originally given to the people of Israel. And we're looking at them together. They make the very long trek to the wilderness, ultimately arriving in the promised land. And the Lord said to them, when you enter into the promised land and settle down in your homes and you have plenty to eat, don't forget me because I led you out of the wilderness and brought you into a land flowing with milk and honey. And this can happen very easily to us as well. You know, when we're in trouble, when we're facing crisis, oh, we call on the name of the Lord, don't we? But when things are going reasonably well, and the bills are paid, and everybody's healthy, and we have food in our stomach, oh, we can start to forget about God. So the Lord is saying, I want you to remember to give thanks to me. They needed a reminder, and we need a reminder too, where we receive communion together. That's a reminder that Jesus gave to us. He said, drink of this cup and eat of this bread. 
And why should we do it? He said, this do in remembrance of me. We all need reminders in life. And we might set an alarm to remind us to get up at a certain hour of the day. Or we'll ask someone, hey, remind me to do this. Or don't let me forget to do that. So this is a reminder. And who is this addressed to? Verse five, to all the earth and to all generations. So this is not just addressed to Israel. It's addressed to all people and to all generations. It's to young people. It's to old people. It's to people in the middle. So this is a focus now on what we should be doing this time of the year. And there are five Thanksgiving commands. Five Thanksgiving commands. Here's Thanksgiving command number one. Express your praise to God openly and loudly. Express your praise to God openly and loudly. Verse one, shout to the Lord. And we rarely shout to the Lord, or we'll shout at our team, or we'll shout at the television set, or we'll shout at each other. But how often do we shout to the Lord? Actually, it can be translated like a trumpet blast. The Bible tells us in Psalm 47.10, shout to the Lord with a voice of triumph. So really what we're told in the Bible to do is verbalize your praise to God. Just as you have to express your love and affection to your husband or wife and to your children and to your parents. So you should direct your praise to God verbally. That's Thanksgiving command number one. Thanksgiving command number two is to serve the Lord with gladness. Serve the Lord with gladness. Look at verse two. That's what it says. Serve the Lord with gladness. Every Christian is called to service because God has given spiritual gifts to every believer. And we're to find those gifts, develop those gifts, and use those gifts in the church. In fact, over in Romans 12, uh, verses six to eight, Paul writes this, and you can turn there with me if you want, but it says, Paul writes, in his grace, God has given us different gifts to do certain things well. So if God has given you the ability to prophesy, then speak out with as much faith as God has given you. If your gift is serving others, serve them well. If you're a teacher, teach well. If your gift is to encourage others, well, be encouraging. If it's giving, then give generously. If God has given you leadership ability, then take that responsibility seriously. And if you have a gift for showing kindness to others, do it gladly. Point number three, Thanksgiving command number three. You're a sheep, so follow your shepherd. You're a sheep, so follow your shepherd. Verse three, acknowledge the Lord is God. He made us and we are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. It is God Almighty who made you. It is God Almighty who sustains you. Everything you have, every breath you breathe, every beat of your heart is a gift from God. I love how this says, we are His. We are His. The Bible says that we are His workmanship created for good works. And that word workmanship comes from a Greek word poema where we get our English word poem from. So I want you to think of it this way. You are God's poem. You are God's painting. You are God's song. You are God's sculpture. And you are a work in progress. So it's a beautiful thing to think about that, that I'm someone that God is working in and through. 
But just so you don't get too high-minded, then I'm reminded also that I am also his sheep. Now we don't have a lot of interaction with sheep in our culture today, but uh, back in these days there were sheep everywhere. <laughs> People were very familiar with sheep. And there was one thing universally known about sheep, and that is that they're a relatively stupid animal. So when God says, you're my sheep, that's another way of saying, you're kind of an idiot. <laughs> yes, you're my poem. Yes, you're my song. Yes, you're my painting. Yes, you are my masterwork. But then again, you're my sheep. So you really need the shepherd. Sheep are relatively unintelligent creatures, skittish, easily frightened, slow to learn, <laughs> prone to stray, and totally dependent on the guidance and protection of the shepherd. A sheep can't even protect itself. They don't have sharp teeth or claws. They can't even run fast. They're basically leg of lamb for the taking. They ought to just carry mint jelly around with them. You know, it's just, they are dependent upon the protection of the shepherd. So here's what it's simply saying. You're his sheep, and if you're a smart sheep, you'll follow your shepherd. And a smart sheep knows that the shepherd is always looking out for them. In other words, if God tells you to do something in his word, you know he says it to you because he loves you, right? And if God tells you not to do something in his word, you know he says that because he also loves you. He's looking out for your welfare. As Jesus said in Luke 12, 32, fear not little flock, it is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Pastor Greg Laurie from Harvest Ministries in California, USA. And it's a very timely message for his home country, given that today is Thanksgiving, a national holiday to remember to be thankful. Now, even though we don't have a Thanksgiving Day national holiday in Australia, it's a message that's just as relevant to us any day of the year, to be thankful. We should be an active part of the church. We should be an active part of the church. Look at verse 4. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. Now in the Old Testament, when the Israelites were in the wilderness, they had their tent, also called a tabernacle, and they would worship God there. Ultimately, they built the temple in Jerusalem, uh, ultimately built by Solomon. And uh, there they encountered God. They would go into that inner sanctum, the Holy of Holies, and there was the Ark of the Covenant given to them by God as a symbol of His very presence. Well, we're in the new covenant now. We no longer have to go into a temple to find God because the Bible actually tells us that our body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. So the Lord now lives inside of us but the thing is, is this is a command to worship God with his people. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. This is something we're doing together. And I think that you know, because you're here at church, you understand that God manifests his presence in a special way when his people gather together. Jesus said, when two or more are gathered together in my name, I am there in the midst of them. I mean, right now, think about this. Jesus Christ is here. You might say, well, Greg, isn't he with me when I get in my car? Yes. Isn't he with me when I arrive at my house? Again, yes. Well, isn't he with me wherever I go? Yes, it's all true. 
But what I'm saying to you is he manifests his presence in a special way when God's people gather together. The Bible tells us that the Lord inhabits the praises of his people. So let's summarize what we've seen together. Number one, in the Psalm of Thanksgiving, we are to express our praise to God openly and loudly. Number two, we are to serve the Lord with gladness. Number three, we are a sheep, so we should follow our shepherd. And number four, we want to be an active part of his church. And now I want to come to 1 Corinthians eleven twenty three, and close with the time that Jesus gave thanks. These are the words of the Apostle Paul. He writes, For I pass unto you what I received from the Lord himself. And on the night in which he was betrayed, the Lord Jesus took some bread, and underline this phrase, he gave thanks to God. He gave thanks to God. Then he broke it in pieces and said, this is my body which is given for you. This do to remember me. In the same way he took the cup of wine after supper saying, this cup is the new covenant between God and his people, an agreement confirmed with my blood. So we'll stop there. So Jesus was God. And because he was God, he was omniscient. And to be omniscient means you're all-knowing. Jesus knew everything about everyone. He knew Judas would betray him, and he said so. He knew that he was about to be betrayed, and he talked about it. He knew that he would be beaten with a whip, and he predicted that. He knew he would be delivered to Pilate, and over to Caiaphas, and back to Pilate. And he knew he would be crucified on a cross. He knew it all. And so with complete understanding of the future. It's amazing when we read these words. On the night in which he was betrayed, the Lord Jesus took some bread and gave thanks to God. Wait a second, Jesus. How can you give thanks to God knowing what is in your future? Surely you would recoil. And in a way he did. In the Garden of Gethsemane, he said, Father, if it's possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. But he gave thanks. Why? Because he knew what was about to be accomplished. He knew if there was no pain, there would be no gain. If there was no cross, there would be no glory. If there was no sacrifice, there would be no forgiveness. He knew it was going to be hard, but he knew what it would accomplish. And so he could give thanks. Hebrews 12 says, For the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross despising the shame. Know this, when Jesus went to that cross, he was thinking of you. He was thinking of you. Well, Greg, is that really even technically true? Thinking of me? I mean, there's a lot of people in this earth, uh, past and present and in the future. How could he be thinking of me? Well, newsflash, God can think about more than one thing at one time. He's very good at multitasking, actually. So yes, he loves the world. It says God so loved the world. He gave his only begotten son. But then Paul writes, he loved me and he gave himself for me. So in a very real sense, when Jesus went to the cross, he was thinking of you by name. Thinking of you, worshiping him. Thinking of you in a relationship with him. And that was the joy that was set before him. He had to go through that valley, through that pain but he knew what it would accomplish. Therefore, he gave thanks ahead of time. And you can do the same. Because right now, maybe you're in a, a situation where things aren't making sense. 
and, and you're, it's hard for you. And there's a lot of uncertainty, but you can still give thanks. You can give thanks because God loves you. You can give thanks because God is in control of your life. You can give thanks because God is good. You can give thanks because ultimately He will work all things together for good to those who love Him and are called according to His purpose. But Greg, I don't see the end yet. I know you don't, but you can still give thanks because God does see the end and ultimately it's going to be good and you'll thank Him later. But until that day, you can thank Him now. Give thanks unto the Lord for He is good and His mercy endures forever. It doesn't say give thanks to the Lord when you feel good. Because sometimes you feel good and sometimes you don't. Yes, Jesus gave thanks ahead of time because of what he was about to accomplish. And he was gonna die there for the sins of the world, for your sins and for mine. And so here's what I would like to just say. If you don't have this relationship with God yet, you can have it right now. We've talked about hope. We've talked about happiness. We've talked about all that God does for us, but does Jesus Christ live inside of you? Do you know that if you were to die today, you would go to heaven? And if you don't know that, why don't you make a commitment to Jesus right now? He died on the cross for your sin. He rose again from the dead. Now he stands at the door of your life and he knocks. And if you'll hear his voice and open the door, he will come in. Let's all bow our heads. Father, thank you for sending Jesus. Lord Jesus, thank you for coming and laying your life down for the joy that was set before you. And I pray now for every person here, if there's anyone that does not have a relationship with you, if there's anyone here that is not certain their sin is forgiven, if there's anyone here who does not have the confidence that they will go to heaven when they die, or they've not found that meaning and purpose in life that we found in you, Lord, we pray that this would be the moment that they believe and receive Jesus into their life. In your name I pray, amen. An important prayer from Pastor Greg Laurie. And as you've listened today, and you've come to realize that you need to make a change in your relationship with God, Pastor Greg would love to help you to take the next step right now. Listen, as you've listened to this program today, maybe something's been happening inside of your heart where you're sensing, I need to do this personally, but how do I do it and what do I do? Let me help you. It's very simple. In fact, it's so simple you may be shocked. God, this relationship with Him is just a prayer away. The Bible says, if you will call upon the name of the Lord, you'll be saved. So I'd like to lead you in a prayer where you do just that. You call on the name of the Lord. This can be the moment where you change your eternal address, literally from hell to heaven. Just pray these words, Lord Jesus, I know that I'm a sinner, but I know that you're the Savior who died on the cross for me and rose again from the dead. Jesus, I choose to follow you from this moment forward. In your name I pray, amen. I know, it's such a simple, short prayer, but you just called on the name of the Lord. And you know what? He heard that prayer. And if you meant that prayer in your heart, he answered that prayer. 
Now let me help you to get started on the right foot in your new life in Jesus Christ. The greatest adventure awaits you, the life of walking with God. I want to send you what we call a New Believer's Growth Pack that includes the New Believer's Bible and a whole lot more. And let me be the first to say to you, congratulations and welcome to the family of God. Thanks, Pastor Greg. And we'd love to help you to begin to grow in your new faith. We'd love to send you some resource materials in our New Believer's Growth Packet. It'll help answer some of the questions you might have and help you get started off right in this journey of faith. So get in touch for your New Believer's Growth Packet. Ask for it when you call 1-800-005011. Well, next time, Pastor Greg returns to our study in the life of Moses called Water, Fire, Stone. And we'll be concentrating on the stone, highlighting the practical application of the Ten Commandments etched into stone by the finger of God. Hope you can join us on A New Beginning, same time tomorrow. Now, for a copy of Pastor Greg's full message from today, get in touch with Vision Christian Store. It was called How to Have a Happy Thanksgiving. Go to visionstore.org.au or call 1-800-005011. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.